Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on another episode of A Crazy Dream. Today we have an amazing guest, and what I like about this guest today is that not only is he focused on cooking, wellness, and healing, but he also has an amazing story, and his story shows us how we can overcome diversity, overcome what we're going through in that moment to still offer our gifts and fulfill our purpose. So I am actually going to let him introduce himself. His name is Ian. One of his projects is Bros That Cook, and he has a lot of amazing things that he's doing right now. So I'm going to bring him in and let him tell you a little bit about himself to get started, and we're going to go from there. So Ian, thank you for joining us today. No problem. If just in case, if you don't know how to see my last name, a lot of people don't. They mispronounce it. It's Haydak. A lot of people say Haydeki and all that stuff, so Ian Haydak. But, you know, you call me whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. So, Ian, so we met recently at a food blogger conference, which I love because whenever I go to events, I'm always looking for people who I identify with in different ways. And when I saw you, I was like, I have to meet Ian. I, well, I didn't know your name at the time. But I was like, hey, who's that guy over there? Like, I have to go and say hi to him. So, Ian, like, when we spoke, you know, you told me that you cooked. But when we started to get deeper into the conversation, I realized that you did more than bros that cook. So could you tell us a little bit about the projects you're currently working on and just give us an insight into how you got started? Well, the way I got started was um, I've always been training for any sport, mostly football. So football got me to, you know, where I wanted to be, you know, I tried to go pro. That's the first thing, you know, every guy wants to be when he's a kid. I play football, I want to go pro. Maybe this might help out. Um, you know, later as I got to, towards college, it, my dream, unfortunately, didn't come true. But I still love to train, which also I came in with, when I met you at the conference, with a Body by Ian shirt. That is my brand I do for personal training. And I knew I could help out some of my friends once I was training and helping others and helping myself out. And I started giving some advice. And the good thing about the cooking aspect is you always use that for nutrition anyway. Mm -hmm. And... Later down the line, I said, you know what? You could really make this into a business besides doing a regular day job at first. Mm -hmm. um, I did get a lot of stuff from my mom because my mom's a chef. So she taught me how to cook, which brings out everything into Rose That Cook and Body by Ian. But with that said, um, I really started taking this on more because uh, I had an incident that um, changed my life forever, pretty much. Um, I would say it started around September, uh, Labor Day weekend, 2011. I uh, I got real sick. Didn't know what it was. My skin started looking really funny, kind of grayish with like grayish red, almost like a, a lobster that that was ashy lobster. I know that makes no sense, but it does. Okay, in a way. <laughs> mm -hmm. And went to doctors. My doctors tell me this, tell me it's um, psoriasis, it's uh, eczema, could be something like that. I was misdiagnosed for almost a, year, a for good year. Something my wife tells me, I, and I also just got married within a, a year before that. 
Congratulations. Thank you. So that was at the time I got married just before I get I got sick. So mm. thinking about this, I'm th- about to be 30 years old, didn't know what the hell was going on. My mm. wife, you know, she's in her mid-20s, don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, I'm getting really skinny. I'm thinking I'm working out, so maybe that's what's okay. It's the cardio. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's it's something's eating me up inside. So I said, "Oh, something's going on. Let me go. Maybe I go down to where my wife lives, down her area, and I'll go to the doctors down there because up here where I was at, I'm up in North Jersey, near New York. Go there, go there, and I'm getting misdiagnosed. Mm. Go to a allergist. Um." I'll just recommend me to an uh, oncologist, which is a blood doctor. And he says, you know, I haven't seen one like this in a long time. I'm recommending you my friend who's in Philly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of a sudden, I go to my doctor, who I still go to today. Uh, her name is Dr. Ellen Kim. And she's in um, at the hospital in Philadelphia. And she goes to me, Ian, I already know what's wrong with you. I said, what do you do? She goes, yes, you have what we call CTCL. We're like, well, what's that? Mm. She goes, that's continuous T-cell lymphoma. She goes, you have a rare form of skin cancer. I said, huh? Mm. So my wife's mouth dropped. I tell my family, they're, you know, devastating because you're thinking, this guy's 30 years old. He didn't even live life yet. He's got cancer. Yeah. Now, now most people already, when you know, and when you hear the C word, it's death pretty much for most people. I said, you know, at first I let it sink in, and I said, Doc, how are we going to make this faster? How are we going to make myself better? Mm-hmm. She looked at me like, oh, okay, you want to take this on? I said, all right, let's do what's, what do we attach? She goes, well, of course, you have to change your eating habits, of course. And I said, no problem. She goes, at first, I, because I was so skinny, she told me to eat. I was like, oh, yeah, I have no problem with that. I can eat. Yeah. But after that, she's like, now I want you to start dieting better, slower. So do what's the best way you know how to do it. I said, okay. All of a sudden I realized where I lived was a food desert, and I noticed that the foods were not the best things to get from the supermarkets. And I was thinking, well, why would I go to organic if I go to the farm itself? Mm-hmm. Or maybe go to the farmer's market. So then I noticed I go to my, my produce for the farmer's market. I go to a butcher for my meat. I know, Lisa, it's a lot cleaner than going to a typical supermarket. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a big difference. My doctor looked at me and she goes, what are you doing differently now? Well, I said, I've been going to the farmers, to a farmer or a farmer's market to get my produce and my meat's been butcher and working out regularly. She goes, oh, wow. She goes, well, what are you doing? Keep it up. Yeah. Because at first, when you're first diagnosed with cancer, you're going once a month to the doctor's. They want to know what's going on with you, monitoring everything. And without what I have, it's 80 different versions of CTCL, which I never knew. And the one I have is non-Hopkins, and six as a million people get this. Hmm. So it's not hereditary. I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on. You know, And one thing is, because I'm biracial, so my dad's German, my mom's black, I thought, could have been something like that, maybe because I'm a biracial child, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't that at all. They said, just get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because 
I was also diagnosed with a condition where it's very rare to actually find this in African Americans. So when I think skin cancer, I wouldn't think of somebody who would have like highly pigmented skin. So, but your example of what happened shows us that these illnesses can arise, you know, without even uh, having like that genetic, you know, like it, it doesn't always have to be something that's genetically apparent or obvious. So it might not be something that's usually happening in someone of our genetic or in our um, our descent, but it can still arise in us. So you talked about going to the farm, you know, could you tell us more about what made you start exploring that option? Or I know you said, you know, that you were already into food, but when you think about healing through food or healing through lifestyle choices, could you tell us some of the foods that you were looking for, some of the options that you started seeking out? Sure. What I was doing was I, I figured that I know one thing from supermarkets, they only have a certain variety. Mm-hmm. But I know the farms got all the varieties of whatever they put out. So I said, what's the best way to do? Let me go talk to the farmers and go from farm to table, like some restaurants do. They go mm-hmm. to the farms, pick up the freshest and the most harvest products of that season, whatever it is, they buy a lot of it. Or they get whatever they need at a time, and they come on back. Why? Because they want to keep it fresh in a body yeah. or, fresh for the, or fresh for whoever is going to. And I started looking, okay, well, let me, you know, let me check out these farms. Okay, let me check out this stuff. Or let me check out this. So I would check out asparagus, of course. Asparagus, a lot of people don't know it's a natural diuretic. So it sucks the water up, makes you lose weight too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I for, I just got into, well, I eat sweet potatoes. I was eating sweet potatoes regular like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But except for I happened to go look into it when I was at a place. They had white sweet potatoes. Never seen it before. Mm-hmm. So let me try this out. I've never seen purple peppers. Like, not a red, like, like, you know, everybody has their red, the yellow, the green peppers, and, of course, jalapenos and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But this was a purple pepper. I thought, oh, that looks so interesting. And also, doing some studies on myself and others who I help out, I figured, well, what's the best way to go? Eat, like, eat the rainbow. Yeah. So eat a bunch of stuff that's in that color scheme onto your plate. Yeah. And each different color represents different health benefits for you that you normally wouldn't get from just one item. That is and so true. So I just started looking and said, what can I get? If I can get something from here, I'm going to get a bunch of it. So if I'm going to get blueberries, raspberries, you know, the berry family, okay, berries are, we all know those are good for antioxidants, so that's good for my body. Mm-hmm. And anything I know that can help me get better of my body is what I want. Yeah. So I know that you talked about, you know, you actually working with clients and that physical aspect of it too, because I definitely relate to the food aspect of healing because I had asthma, I had a serious autoimmune condition, and I was able to get myself completely off of medications through changing my diet and my lifestyle. So when you talk about, you know, changing your diet and, you know, your lifestyle, how how long would you say it took for there to be a noticeable change in your actual wellness? Like, how long did it take for your doctors to notice this? And have you been, um, like, charting this in some way or measuring this in some way so that way you can see how you're progressing as you make these changes? Uh, one, thank God I have a wife, so she notices things right away. She, she's more observant than I am when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. So when I put on certain clothes, I used to just put on clothes. Yeah, it didn't matter. It was just because... I was used to wearing those clothes, but then I said, wait a minute, you know, 
I said, oh, let me try this out. Let me put a let me let me put a pair of pants. Oh, this is kind of loose. Now mm-hmm. let me put a pair. Let me get my belt. Oh, I can go a little more now, a, a notch more. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. I'm more of a pictures are one thing, but the person you look in the mirror, that's the competition. So you're almost competing with yourself every day to get better. Yeah. And that's when I started noticing. Wait a minute. Oh, your certain things are popping out. Certain things look look good. Like how I would treat my client, I'm treating myself now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I've seen different things. Maybe you get more in tune with the body. Maybe you notice that, oh, if I eat this, this upsets my stomach, so I know I wouldn't eat that anymore. Mm-hmm. And one thing I notice also, I like that I have to have variety in my food um, because a lot of people, including myself, can get GI issues, which is um, some gastrointestinal issues. And then you don't want to be constipated or bloated or whatever. I like to vari- have a bunch of variety of my food, and I don't want nothing bland. So I like to do a lot of the seasonings, and then I'm not trying to do the salty stuff, which, you know, a little salt's okay, but don't go over salt. But you start mm-hmm. noticing things on yourself. And I say my doctor really started looking at it. Uh, well, my doctor also, she's pretty funny because she says that she calls me a genetic freak. Uh-huh. Because when, she fir- <laughs> because when she first saw me, she's like, okay, I know what you got already. Next month, maybe another two months, she saw me after I got this test done, and it looked totally different. She goes, wow, you didn't look like that just a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, let's keep going, whatever you're doing. And the better I got, the less visits I have to go see her, and that's how I look at it. When I didn't have to go see my doctor, that means I was doing really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's like, instead of being dependent on them to heal you, you took your wellness and you took responsibility for it. And I think that, yeah, a lot of times we look to, we look outside of ourselves always for the answer, you know, always seeking someone to help us. And when, when you're going through serious medical issues, it's great to seek out professionals, but at the same time, you're responsible for your healing at the end of the day. So I love that, you know, uh, one of the things you talked about when we actually started the call, which I was interested in, uh, is the fact, you know, you were actually making the decision whether you wanted to transition into just having your business. And, you know, you teach as well. So could you tell us how, because some people don't understand how they can make the transition, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, or, you know, how I could do that. Like, how did you, you already knew you could cook, but tell me how someone like a teacher or someone who's in a different profession, like, how you can transfer those skills over. Like, how do your skills that you already had, other than the cooking, transfer over into what you do now? Well, one, you have to love it. It's a passion. If you don't love it, it don't matter what you do. So, like you said, this is, like, to me, this is your calling. You're a very good, you know, when I met you, I knew right away you're a people person. So, automatically, you're with the people. People mm-hmm. won't be around you, and you, you could talk to anybody just like me. Uh, do you know what I, I found out? My name means people. Oh, see? Yeah, I just learned that. But keep going. <laughs> but no, but needless to say is with myself, I'm, I know that I'm a people person. So people like being around me. I don't know why and sometimes mm-hmm. because a lot of people, when they first see me, they think I'm intimidating. I don't mm-hmm. know why. But they do. They're like, oh, this big, oh, big guy. Whoa. And then when they start, when I open up to them, they're like, wow, he's so nice. Mm-hmm. And then they want to get to know me better. So what I, do is I took a passion what I love. I love to cook because, one, I knew I was good at it, so it helped me get better at other things too. Mm-hmm. And being in the industry of, uh, we can call it training uh, wellness, 
you have to be a little narcissistic as well because it's all about you. And if you don't if you don't care about you, then no one's gonna care else. If you like, as as I know, this is gonna be really funny, but I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And RuPaul has a famous line: "If you don't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else?" Mm. That's true. And that's and I thought about that, like, wow, that's really deep. Now, some people could call it love for yourself, or people who are not as confident as you would consider it narcissistic. Egotistical, or whatever. But mm. you know what? That's up to you on how you perceive me. I'm gonna do me regardless, and that's how you have to bring your passion. You have to bring you, but just bring just a, a version of you. Don't bring that fake version of you. Just be you. Yeah, definitely. And when I think of narcissism, like just thinking about what you just said, I look at narcissism a little different because what I what you just explained to me sounds more like self love and self respect. You know, because there's nothing wrong with honoring yourself and taking care of yourself and respecting yourself. And when I think of narcissism, I feel like it's more like at the expense of others. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is honoring yourself. If you're not here, none of it matters. So in working with a coach, it gives you a chance to be selfish because now you can have another person with you in that space who only cares about you getting better. When you're working with, like you said, like you're a trainer. When you're working with someone you're only there to help them become their best. So I don't consider that selfish at all. I think that we should all take more time to love ourselves and to honor ourselves because we would probably live longer and be happier if we did anyway. That uh, is true. That is true what you're saying, not to cut in, but I know people who in my industry of health and wellness and bodybuilding, they become very selfish because at the time period they know, especially if they're doing a show, yeah. They know at a show, let's say between 12 to 16 weeks, that time period, I have to be on everything that it's all about me at that time. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a balance at that at that part of their life because it's only a short time period. Mm-hmm. It just may seem forever for them, but I've seen guys break up with their girlfriends for four months mm. until the show's over. Focus, because right? they, I mean, I mean, I'm serious. This is, I mean, this is real. Stuff that I, what I'm telling you right now, I've seen it. Where they like this, honey. Next four months, I'm not really going to be going out that much. Mm-hmm. And they just tell them, I had to stick to my 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 plan, my my plan of their plan to win, whatever it could be. So it could be from winning a little local show, maybe a weight loss challenge. But I've seen more of the bodybuilders, men and women, where it's time for the, them hitting the stage. They will literally be. And that's the narcissistic part coming in. They know they have to go work out, eat, cardi- do cardio, do the work, whatever they need to do, and they have to literally regiment themselves for that time period. So at that point, they don't want that slice of cake. They have mm-hmm. to be eating um, their chicken with broccoli and rice or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, As much as they want desserts, they, can, they have to be up to a certain point. Now, mm-hmm. if you are – Let's say your coach tells you, hey, you're ahead of schedule. You can have what you call a cheat meal or refeed day. That's when they they become more balanced because now the foods that they couldn't have, maybe they can have it at one time for that day or even Mm – or at one – or depending on how good they are, the whole day, and I've seen it. Mm. And it's quite amazing where once you put some carbs back in somebody's body, they're like, whoo, they may be your best friend again. 
Other oh, times, yeah. they don't want to talk to you. They're like, leave me alone. <laughs> you know what it is, too? Because sugar is like that feel. I mean, sugar gives you highs and lows, but it also gives you like a dopamine rush. So that's probably what you get, too. It's like they've been depriving themselves, literally, and so then they get that rush. So it's like they're happy. It's almost like they're like elate. There's like a feeling of elation going on, you know? So I know that, you know, what you were just talking about, you're actually preparing for something coming up this weekend, right? Yes, I am. So could you tell us a little bit about what's going to be happening this weekend? So this weekend, I, my team and I, it's my first time doing this. Uh, I actually, it was, I had an event done um, maybe a few weeks ago. I think it was the week before I met you. I did a, actually, it was actually the same weekend I met you. Uh, we, I did a plane pull for Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. And myself and uh, 19 other guys, so we usually your team is up to 20 people, to pull a 737, which is a 93,000-pound plane, maybe 97 the most, but still still pretty big. Yeah, with 20 so, people. <laughs> with 20 people, and by team one, we got mm-hmm. first place for the fastest pull. Now, it's just not us. There's different things, of course, but there was 52 other teams that we mm-hmm. beat. But we, all, but we know we did it for charity, and that was the main thing. So – the, the same team I'm running with today is running with uh, – I run with who I did a plane pull with. Hey, Ian, they asked me, hey, Ian, you know, we're going to be doing a fire truck pull. I said, when? They said, uh, no, October 22nd. I said yeah. – and people were like, a fire truck. They're like – and my people at my job look at me. They're like, oh, he's just pull planes. You know, that's what he does at his work. <laughs> you know, they, they, I, I'm one of the – I'm probably the strongest guy at my job, which I can see that. But mm-hmm. when they say, "Oh, he just pulls planes," he does really crazy stuff, and that's fine. But yeah, yeah. so I'm doing, a, I'm doing a fire truck. Um, my team and I were pulling a fire truck. It's seven twenty. It's a team of eight people, and we're pulling at uh, Elmwood Park High School Memorial High School in New Jersey. So, uh, so it's Elmwood Park Memorial High School. It's uh, three seventy-five. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's Park Drive, uh, River Drive, Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Um, it, that, what I know is it's a free event, and if you want to come see people go crazy and pull a fire truck, which is probably <laughs> most people say, hey, even the plane pool is done for 20 years, but this is like say, hey, I pulled a fire truck, so maybe I can put this on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. And what time is it going to be starting, just so people it, know the time? Okay, so my team checks in at 10. I think we're all checking in around that time. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know per se when because it looks like it's going by – Whoever's there first can go to can go first. Okay. So like, I think it looks like it's first come, first, come first serve. Mm-hmm. But um, my team and I were talking, so we're gonna meet up around like nine, maybe nine thirty there, just to make sure we're all there. And if we go in, we're coming in hot. You know, we're ready to go and just uh, preparing to pull a fire truck, <laughs> which yeah. sounds interesting alone. Yeah. So. Ian, we're coming close to the end of the call. So, you know, you have you have the bros that cook, you have body by Ian. Yes. Could you just tell the people listening, uh, you know, what you really envision yourself creating with these brands and what you hope to share with them through your experiences? What is your crazy dream? Okay, my crazy dream is one, um, like anybody, successful. Doesn't matter if it's successfully rich. Uh, in peace with themselves. I mean, my success that hopefully brings out money to give back to cancer research. I mean, hey, I had great doctors who helped me out. My one main doctor who helped me out, and 
she did a lot for me to become better today. Mm-hmm. So I want to give back so people can get better for either for someone, just even, I don't care what kind of research, if it's just to get somebody better, even one person better, that's still big. That's still big to me. So I want to take Bros That Cook, Body by Ian, to make it really big, successful, be a, a huge entity in the whole wellness fitness industry. I love that. And Bros That Cook, I want to teach my, my fellow men and some girls who don't have to cook, make them better in the kitchen and not be afraid of how to touch kitchen knives because I looked at Worst Cooks in America and I said, oh, my God, that's really that bad. Maybe I could show, <laughs> I could show people how to become better and what they can do, you know? Yeah, I love it. So I know you're working on revamping your website right now. Can you tell people where to find you right now if they wanted to follow you or just see what you're up to, if they want to just, you know, see what Ian is doing? Sure. I'm all on my social media, which is uh, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, and I have a Facebook page of Body by Ian. All three of those you link me to. If you want to email me, go to bodybyian at yahoo.com. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was nothing to say. I was letting you go. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, Ian, for getting on the call. I'm happy that we met that day, and I love that you have your wife there to support you through this, and we'll definitely have you on again. Everyone listening, follow us at frommothersgarden.com, frommothersgarden on Instagram, and the mother, D-E, Mother's Garden on Twitter. Take care. All right. Okay, and I'm going to manage, and I'm going to split.